I I forgot how to read a clock for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On the next minute. Sorry. <laughs> Funny, because you forgot how to read a digital clock. <laughs> if it had been an analog clock, I'd been fine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Aaron's so old, they don't know how to read a digital clock. Yep. <laughs> Somehow, that's not the most surprising thing I've heard. Hello, listeners. This is your host and game master, Kat. Welcome to the finale of The Same Coin. When we started this show back in 2020, I don't think any of us could possibly have imagined where this would take us, nor what kind of story we'd tell. I want to thank you all for listening along and being a part of the process. I also dearly want to thank Emma, Erica, and Erin for all of their dedication and work in bringing these characters to life. I'm incredibly proud of the way they played their characters, and I'm so happy to get to keep working together. More personally, Erin, you stepped up and well out of your comfort zone to be a part of this show. There's no way any of this could have happened without what you brought to the show with Plex. Thank you. Erica, you made bold choices with SD and never shied away from reveling in the consequences of those choices. I appreciate that your first thought was always pointed towards SD's emotions and how they'd interplay with his decision making. Very Stanislavski of you. Emma, this show could not exist without its emotional core in Kiel, and the stories we told could not have existed without your collaboration across those many phone calls on eight-hour car rides, especially when you told me no. This show was so much better for having each of you in it. Thank you all. Before I get too verklempt, we've got a couple of other orders of business to take care of. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or your IR3F light frigate crew. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message, and you'll get a shout out on the show. You can also support us monetarily by visiting patreon.com slash so says media. With all that said, one last time, let's go back. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away.
camera comes up on a shot of space. We see the hulking figures of four Imperial-class Star Destroyers, wedges aligned, tangential to a bright green and purple planet surrounded by an artificial habitat ring. Debris of some forgotten starship floats past, marked by carbon scoring to tally the cost the Force extracts in its eternal struggle for balance. Holding still long enough for us to be taken in by the peacefulness of it all, we smash cut to a corridor inside one of the Star Destroyers. At a turbolift platform, we see the immediate signs of a life-or-death struggle. The ceiling is partly collapsed, with a maintenance tunnel ripped out of the Dura steel panels. The walls and floor bear the scars of intense struggle with plasma burns, explosive charring, and the unmistakable cuts of an inexpertly wielded lightsaber. On the left side of the frame, the way is blocked by debris. On the right, it is blocked by a single man, arm limp at his side, blood pooling from under his Mark II clone helmet. He leans on his electrostaff to keep himself upright. Between the barricade and the clone are two figures, a small, heretofore forgotten astromech droid, and a tall, broad man who bears the signs of age, grease, and the scrappy struggle for survival. He and the rest of the room are awash in a yellowish glow emanating from his lightsaber with a faint hum. SD. Kippen is currently probably about six or seven feet away from you. Okay. He had just thrown a grenade. Am I prone then? Am I on the floor? You had gotten back up from being prone. Okay. Because I was like with your force pull and everything like that. And the frag grenade doesn't knock you over. It just has blast as an effect. And that doesn't matter when it's one-on-one combat. Okay, sure. Um, Do I still have my lightsaber? Yes. Kippen does not look great. You, as far as I'm aware, also do not look great. Nope, not exactly healthy, for sure. Um, And it is in this scene that we find ourselves a forgotten little astromech droid who, like a lesbian flag... Not forgotten. Forgotten during the heat of battle. I thought she escaped back up the elevator. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Uh, But seeing as how this is just the most common thing that has ever happened in Star Wars. As soon as the two organics started fighting, they forgot entirely about the droid that was right there with them. And it is at the exact moment as Kippen begins to switch out to his DC-15, knowing full well that SD is inexperienced with his lightsaber and probably can't use it as a parry device. Our little droid friend, Reba, the main character of this show, who, as you recall, does have a gun. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. Is going to, from behind, shoot Kippen with a blue die for the fact that there's no goddamn way that Kippen knows this is coming. That is a success and a threat. So... As he's about to lower his blaster, aim it at SD, and try to take this, what would likely be a pretty lethal shot, Reba sneaks up behind him and zaps him once in the ass with a bla- with a blaster, dealing one damage after soak, but nonetheless hitting and distracting Kippen. Kippen is thick. <laughs> no, Kippen just has... has clone armor on. You have the same soak as them, Erin. But my joke is funnier. Uh, so, for Kippen... Well, soak is from armor and from your 
Uh, stamina, no, whatever that set is. Toughness? Brawn? Brawn. So, um, Kippen, rather than firing on SD, is going to wheel around and shoot at Reaper. Um, can I just say no? No, you may not. Oh. So that is a triumph with two advantages. I don't like that. You shouldn't. Um, oh, why would you attack Reba? Because Reba attacked him, and he figures no, it's an easy. but she's his friend. <laughs> Clearly, I, as he sh- as he turns and shoots at Reba, he says, "I've had enough of this criffin clanker. Out of the way, Reba." Reba is going to be suffering a bunch of damage. Um, and let's pull up a crit table. Swear to God, cat. <laughs> Eight. I rolled an eight on my D100. Okay, well, that's acceptable. Reba is slowed down. Target can only act during the last allied initiative slot on their next turn. But But how's she looking otherwise? Reba is looking terrible. (sighs) Like, if Reba had taken another bonus damage, Reba would be destroyed. Oh. It is only by the fact that it was a single success that Reba is okay. And Kippen is going to maneuver himself into cover for the last action on his turn. Esty, it is your turn. And Reba looks like she just sacrificed herself to save you. Um. Like, it's bad enough that the lights on her dome are starting to flicker. Yeah. So I'm... Can I actually, real quick ask yeah. for you to roll something sure i would love it if you were to make a daunting cool check daunting Mm-hmm. that's four that's four okay uh one success and two threats so you are technically perfectly in control of your emotions how angry are you right now I don't think anger is my predominant emotion. Even at Reba being hurt? I mean, anger will emerge. Right now, all I am thinking about is Reba. Like, all I am thinking about. Like, that fucker will die for what happened. Sure. But right now, all I am thinking about is Reba. And so I'm going to reach out. And I am a force mechanic for whatever that means in whatever strange world we are. Um, I want to stabilize Reba. I want to do whatever I can. I will fucking disassemble my lightsaber with the force and put parts inside Reba. Like, I I will tear wires out of walls. Uh, whatever. But I want to... I, I, I want to do everything I can for Reba. Okay. So here's the way that I think this is... I have, like, it, and all my powers are, like, you can break stuff using the Force. Like, once per day, like, I don't know. So there's not really a exact thing. No, but, um, yeah, so I think this sort of manifests as, uh, you know how you have that power that makes something randomly break on a certain roll? Yeah. The thing that you use to break all of my mm-hmm. toys that I throw at you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once per day. Uh, can Bad I have motivator. You- yeah. yeah, so can I have Through you roll the, the, the same check you would for a bad motivator check? Yeah, I'm also using the digital roller because uh, I think in the process of cleaning, my bowl of dice got put somewhere. So sadly less satisfying. Um, okay, that is mechanics and it's three successes and two advantages. Okay, 
So you're effectively good motivator, Trek. Good motivator. I'm motivational um, speaker. Yeah, no, so there's there's a connection that you have with Reba through years of maintenance and friendship and everything like that that I enables spend more you time to with her than anyone else. Yeah. Subtly influence with the force certain connections and soldering joints and all this fun stuff inside of Reba, the electronics that keep her going, the things that started to break from that blaster bolt, you move with like micrometer precision to almost, it, it feels like you almost reverse time in a way that Reba is slightly more fixed up. You said three successes mm-hmm. and she's actually doing okay now. Good. There's no more flickering lights. She seems far worse for wear, like she's been in combat, but she's not about to shut down. You probably still have a maneuver. In fact, you do still have one maneuver. Yeah, so you took your action. Yeah, yep. You you have a um, maneuver. So I will I will fucking run it, Kippen. Like bull rush. Okay. I I know like I don't think I can fully like tackle or whatever within the maneuver, but like I am closing distance. I see a large gun that fucking shot Rebo with. Mm-hmm. Um, a difficulty class fifteen, as it were. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's um. Does this all happen for you in silence? N- no spoken words. Probably grunting. <laughs> probably yell. Like, okay. Have you breathe? controlled breathing like um like when you're doing distance running and like you just have to get like breath in breath out like i think Mm -hmm. it's just autonomic auto subconscious we'll say subconscious there is a subconscious projection of your emotional state that happens you say you're you you know you're you're in total control your your primary concern is reba and making sure reba is okay then giving kippen the what for yeah and it is something that I think comes out very loud, except psychically loud, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can... People who are more attuned to SD, people who have known him for a while, are more prone to pick up on these things. And Keel, it's very loud for you. It's much fainter for Plex, but you also hear the and feel the concern for Reba. Because, Keel, you're just on the other side of an artificial barricade. Mm-hmm. If SD yelled Reba, you would know that Reba just got hurt. But because it's a psychic yell, you just have a really ominous feeling about what's happening to Reba right now. Right. Plex, you know instantly that you are too far away to do anything about this. But it is now the top of initiative. And the order we had was... Allied slot, enemy slot, allied slot. Reba is slowed down and last. must go last. So, SD, yeah. it is so, your turn okay. again. Um, Am I up on him? Yes. Is this helmet on? Yes. Is it one of the helmets with the little antenna? Like, I feel like some scout or like some um, clone troopers have like little flag antenna things. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different trooper. You might be thinking of a different trooper because the clone... Maybe you have to give, like, a scout trooper from Endor. Yeah, the phase two armor. I mean, like, so arc troopers have the little thing that works as... And orange has the little pointy... There's the little, like, mail... It's like like a mailbox flag. 
but it's actually used as a scope. Right. Okay. That is what's in my brain. Yep. Yeah. So Orange would have that, but Kippen does not. But Kippen would not. Yeah. Um, Regardless, um, I'm going to fucking break his neck. I'm going to grab his head and I'm going to break his neck. I am going to fuck lightsabers, fuck guns. I am going to use my hands and I'm going to break his neck. Okay. So that would be a... Melee? Melee, I believe. It's a skill I'm good at. (laughs) So that would be... um, You're going to be rolling against two red die. Okay. I am spending one force point to upgrade it, and Kippen has adversary one. Oh, and that explains the force die. Is that you're not upgrading it again twice? No. So you're rolling against two reds. One of okay. the. So it's so. Sorry. The, when you said the, like. Yeah. Sorry. Then I because you said it afterwards, and I was like, "You're adding no." Further? Okay. So the melee check yes. is two purple. One of okay. those purple becomes a red because of Kippen. The other one becomes a red because of me. Okay. Um. I'm going to spend right back um, to add a green to my three yellows. Okay. That's four successes and two advantages. Dang. Um, okay, yeah, so what so, kind of brawl damage do you do? Because um, I don't think it goes through soak. It doesn't, like, skip over soak. When no, it, it doesn't. Um, so. No. Yeah, and it, it deals damage equal to my... Like, it deals three plus... It deals a total of seven. Okay. Kippen is looking pretty much on death's door. I mean, like, he doesn't have use of one of his arms anymore. Mm -hmm. He's not doing so hotski, but he is single-minded in what he is doing. And now that you are up in his face, uh, Kippen is going to switch to his electro staff using a maneuver, and he is going to attack you right back. With a melee attack. I mean, I'm like really close on him. (laughs) Yes, and he's going for your nuts. Better than Reba's nuts. So Esky doesn't wear a cup then for work? Uh, do you have any armor? Uh, no. Okay. I, well, I have, I have one defense from a talent. Yeah, sorry. And then I have four soak. So that is a total of one success. Uh, you are going to take... Seven damage minus your soap. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm pretty fucking beat. And it's Reba's turn. Reba still got that gun. Reba is going to fire at Kippen. That is one advantage. I think Reba, I mean, Reba obviously misses here, right? Right. But I think Kippen getting the sense that he's got people coming after him from the front and from behind kind of feels backed into a corner here and is going to I think try to radio for help. Okay. But you've been hitting his helmet a lot and I think his comm is broken. So as he tries to radio for help, comes to the realization that he is completely alone and very much about to die. And with that, we cut back to Plex. Hi, I'm Plex. <laughs> Plex, you have you have just knocked out Matchstick. Yep. You are now alone with a super laser powered by Kyber. Yep. And with a psychic impression that something is wrong with Reba. Uh-huh. What? So Plex has to get through this pretty quickly. Yeah. So, so what is your first what is your first course of action? First course of action is I believe the explosives were on Dynamo. <laughs> On matchstick. 
Well, there's a there's always Light explosives the on matchstick. So. Dynamite. <laughs> I was thinking more of using dynamite than the show dynamite. <laughs> okay, so you um, sorry, I just got distracted by something. Was it me putting on chapstick? Yes. No. A Shein expert? Yeah. You know, like the fast yeah. fashion brand. I don't know what it is besides the fast fashion brand. <laughs> um, It's being good at form five. Oh, okay. Mm, so yes, getting the explosive off matchstick. Okay. And I want to take his comm too. Yeah. Because that's our you... comm really. And, you know, I like to reclaim my property. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't leave Matchstick just out in the open for an explosion of a kyber laser. Is there somewhere I can put him that he'll be a little bit safer? I am going to ask you to roll for me a knowledge warfare. This is, let's say, let's call this one hard. That's three purple? Yes. That is three successes and three threats. You know that there is nowhere on this ship that is going to be safe if that much kyber explodes. Yeah, okay, that's fair, I guess. You say that out loud? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like standing by herself. It's like, I guess that's fair. Can't really move him. He's too heavy. Okay, let's... So, you might want to think about this a little bit more before you start blowing up. Yep. Is it a timed trigger? Is it a remote trigger? I think we'll definitely have to do remote. I think that's the only really safe way to do it. Or... Do I have to blow up the laser itself? Can I blow up the tunnel of the laser? Basically block it from shooting anything? Yeah, just make it unusable for however long it that would be. I mean, that is an assessment that I think you have to make as to whether or not that will be effective, given what you know about the power of a kyber-based laser and whether or not it would just, you know, kind of go straight through whatever debris you knock in front of it. But if it does that, is there a chance that it ends up ripping off part of the ship by itself so they just won't want to use it then? And also, I guess the question of how, exactly how long it's going to be out of commission because of that? Yeah. Really, we just need long enough to jump away. Also, where are we going to jump to? Also, how are we going to jump away? This is all of Plex's thoughts right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. How, okay. This wasn't just one Star Destroyer in this setup, was it? No, there's like four. There's like four Star Destroyers. They probably all know what's going on here and just waiting. Griff, I don't think we can jump away. We'd need a distraction to jump away <laughs> to get out of here. Where, where are you going to get a distraction in the middle of space? Okay, Kat. Aaron. What systems are around us? Okay, so if you recall, the meeting took place... Specifically in a system you had been to before. Yes. The Mintuin system. Um, so nearest systems to you are, um, in this case, obviously New Alderaan, uh, Mon Calamari, Pamont. Um, after that, the Lothal system. Um, you're kind of in the Mon Cal sector, which has like Lothal, uh, Gand, the various Calamari systems. It, you're kind of off in the corner of nowhere. <laughs> Other than that, though, like, it would probably take about 25 minutes for someone from Lothal to get to you, but from anywhere closer to the galactic core, it's going to be hours, if not days. Like, for context. Well, okay, who is stationed at Lothal? Like, I know we're on... Whoa. This is where you guys are. 
Yep. Here's Mon Calamari. Here's Lothal. Okay, is there anyone we call a Mon Calamari for a distraction? That would be interested in a fleet of Star Destroyers with a planet destroying laser? Uh, well, so, I mean, you know that Mon Calamari was an essential part of the Rebel Alliance. They're probably also equally important in the New Republic. Same a with criff. Lothal, actually. Ah, criff. Ah, criff. All of this out loud, of course. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. of this is out loud while Plex is going through thoughts. Hey, Kat. Yeah? Can Plex contact the New Republic on Mon Calamari? Uh, so... Here's the thing, that's gonna require long-range comms. Well, I have two comms. Can I have you roll, in that case, a daunting mechanics check? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, you can roll it. Green <laughs> is my mechanics. Re-green. And daunting is, what, four? Mm-hmm. Four perps. What'd you roll? Well, I rolled two threats and three successes. Clicks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's the psychic projection of SD that <laughs> enters your mind thinking about Reba or some weird, deep, secret, hidden knowledge that you have, but you are able to effectively take apart both communicators that you have and combine them into a single long-range communicator. You know what it is? It's remember that time that we we're in the New Republic getting that earpiece for SD. Um, but in particular, it's 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 not that this comms device specifically has the long-range communication. It piggybacks off of the subspace tunneling that happens from the Star Destroyer's long-range communications. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, after that kind of a role, you are absolutely able to contact the New Republic on Mon Calamari. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, do you do that? Uh, yeah, I, I th- that's why I did the roll. Okay. Let, let's contact the New Republic on Mon Calamari with a jerry-rigged walkie-talkie. Uh, um, hi? Is this Mon Calamari? Uh, yeah. Oh, good. Um, I, I'm not going to give you my name right now, but I'm on a Star Destroyer. Oh, that's bad. There's actually four Star Destroyers around us. Okay, this is human resources. Okay, I need planetary defense. Okay, let me patch your throw. <laughs> it rings three times. Um, oh, God. And then it goes to... <laughs> God, am I seriously being put on hold? Your call is important to us. Please hold while the party you are trying to reach is contacted. She was a bit more friggin' important to you. Hello, planetary defense. Hi, I'm on a star destroyer. Okay, that's I'm in bad. a fleet. I'm on, uh, I'm in a fleet of four star destroyers, and they don't like me right now. And they have a planet destroying laser. That's a that's that's a problem. I think. Uh, y- yeah, I'm glad you think so. What system are you in? Uh, we're in the Mintween system right now. Okay, that's for Mintuin planetary defense. A uh, Mintuin is Imperial, right? No. No. <laughs> why, did, why did you tell me that? We looked at the map then. <laughs> Mint- um, Mintuin is neutral. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I specifically just needed to get in contact with the New Republic about this because we're pretty sure this laser is going to be pointed at New Alderaan. Well, oh, well, that's like triple bad. 
Yeah, it, it gets it gets worse, but I don't think we need to go into that right now. Okay, do you do you want us to set ships? I I I need someone. I need okay, I need yeah. a distraction so I can jump my crew out of here. I'll get you what I can, but uh, the requisition forms are going to take a while. Expect a squad of three to five X-Wings in the next 20 to 35 minutes. Might need more than that. Oh, gosh. That's all I can spare right now. Wait, wait, wait. I need you to okay, put a note on I need you to put a note on this requisition. Okay. Uh, say it's for Suna Vit. Okay, is that with a V or a W? Give me a second, I got you. Oh yeah, it's you gotta uh. Look up how to spell your name. That was out of character, cat. <laughs> Aaron, you can't say things out of I... character and then expect me to not respond in character. <laughs> it, it's with a V. S O O N A V I T T. I'm okay. not looking up the uh whatever spelling for this. That's fine. I I asked if it was with a V or a W. So yeah, and, and then customer service brain kicks in. Like I gotta spell the whole thing for you. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, I'll put that note on the requisition form. Uh, good luck with the Star Destroyers. Uh, thanks. Do you have a comm channel we can call you back on in case we need to get additional information? Whatever this one is, I I put two comm units together to get this call. Okay, uh, well, okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> How do I hang this thing up? Click. Um, <laughs> you're you're still on with me. There, there's about <laughs> a minute or two that passes. I assume you're probably considering what to do with your um with your thermal detonators at the moment. The the belt of dynamite. Uh, effectively, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get a call back on your comms. Bleep bleep bleep. I'm gonna pick it up bleep, on bleep, bleep. the first ring. Plex, this had better be important. Hello. Hello. Hi. Plex, this had better be important. Why are you contacting the New Republic? Oh, um, so, uh, can I still defect? I, I know it's been a few years. Listen, I I I'm in the weapons bay of a Star Destroyer trying to figure out how to block off a kyber-powered super laser in a way that won't blow up the entire ship. Is there a reason you don't want to blow up the entire ship? Because some of my crew is brainwashed on here, and I'd be re really sad if they died like that. So, let me get this straight. You're working for an Imperial Remnant, and things broke bad for you because the Empire betrayed you again? <laughs> um... And now you have come crawling back to me. I, I wouldn't say things went bad. I would say things went unfavorably, and I've had a change of conscience which has been brewing for a little while now. Uh-huh. How many Star Destroyers are you dealing with? Four. We j how I just big need to is get your my ship? Uh, how big is the... <laughs> the Aurum? Silhouette three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I tell Sabine that. <laughs> uh, what yeah, kind I of think ship? You say it's, it's, um, it's a light cruiser, I think. Okay. Um, We have a light cruiser. We just have to get to it, and then we're docked off sight of the Star Destroyer, okay. we, just, we can get out of here from there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Listen, you can yell Thank at me you. a lot later if you really want to. I need to get my crew out of here. Okay, I'm. there's a lot more I can do for you if you're willing to blow up the Star Destroyer. 
because if if we can get that guarantee, we have enough ships that I can work with to handle three Star Destroyers. I don't have enough for four. Okay, yeah. Oh, this is going to be so messy. Probably. A teener is going to kill me. I don't know who that is, but um, I wish him luck. <laughs> Are you still 25 minutes out? 15. Okay. And you owe me for this one, Plex. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, to be fair, she owes you a lot for uh, a previous event. <laughs> now, if it's any consolation, I had a dream in a cave once where you said it was totally fine to join up, so I'm going with that. You had a dream? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Um, I've been around enough Jedi, I know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got one of those, by the way. Very untrained, very angry. Completely the right thing to say. Okay, um... I have someone to call. I will see you when we get there. Okay, sounds good. Try to be I ready to go. I figure while they're talking, Plekt is trying to wire up the detonators in some way. <laughs> okay, great. We'll, we'll see you when you get here. Yep, I was gonna... <sighs> I'm supposed to say this because it's regulation, not because I want to. Plex, welcome to the New Republic. Criff you. Click. Criff. <laughs> well, that about went about as well as I thought it could. Pretty good. Uh, I'm going to say that you have successfully rigged this thing to explode. Uh, yeah. And with that, I think it's about time for us to cut back to Keel and Tina. Kiel, you and Tina are in the midst of fighting a squad of random clones. You are behind cover. The fight is proceeding at a pretty strong clip, considering two people have already been shot. It is, I believe, the clone's turn first. So they are, as is their standard procedure, going to take a shot at you with their DC-15s. Mm -hmm. I think probably they're aiming for Teener in this case, because... He's the one with A, with the stims, and B, they take it more personally that he's fighting them because he's supposed to be their brother. And in fact, is literally their brother because they're from the same cloning batch. That is four, no, sorry, three advantages and nothing else. Mm -hmm. So in typical trooper fashion, they are firing Fairly, and actually, that's not even taking into account the black die from the... Uh, not that it makes any difference, but it's not taking into account the black die from your cover. Or Tina's armor. Um, yeah, just... They shoot. Nothing particular happens. Um, I think with that number of successes, it's probably amounts to suppressing fire. But you and Tina are unscathed by this volley of blaster fire. You will have a additional black die on your attempts to hit okay. due to said suppressing fire. So, it is a PC slot. Either you can go or Teener can go, and then whomever didn't go goes next. Um. So, just double-checking, we're coming in before the SD, before Reba gets hit, right? Um. Yeah, that'll that'll kind of happen coincidentally with your turn. Yeah, I'll roll it. Okay. Um. You are currently behind cover. You're adding one black die for their armor, one black die for the suppressing fire. Do you want to take an aim maneuver? Yeah. Okay, add a blue die. And then roll them up. 
Two successes and two threats. Okay, uh, what is your weapon damage? Total weapon damage will be eight. Less their soak, obviously. Yes, obviously. Um, so, as you take aim and fire at the clone who you've already injured, you pull the trigger, and the sound of the blaster rings out, and in that echo, you get slammed with the psychic projection of SD's mental anguish at Reba being almost killed. I think you're not quite, because of the intensity of it, able to tell whether or not Reba is okay. Um, but as that happens, the clone that you have shot falls down, also dead. I th- think, because of my disorientation, mm-hmm. they should get a blue die. Or would it make sense for them to have a blue die against me or for me to Yeah, I think that makes die? sense. Yeah. That equivalent is equivalent to your various threats. So they'll have a blue die against you next time. Um, I turn to uh, Keener and I say, something just happened. Did you feel it too? We need to get to SD as quickly as possible. We need to get to Reba. This isn't good. I know what I need to do. And Tina is going to come out from behind cover, take his aim maneuver and everything like that for that sweet, sweet blue dye, that juicy, juicy blue dye. Is it blue raspberry flavored? Or do they put a bittering agent like the switch cartridges? (laughs) There's a bittering agent like the switch cartridges. Um, And he's going to dual wield, which means we just upgrade the... Difficulty once to make him shoot twice. Okay, that is a success and an advantage. So that is going to deal... No, sorry, that is two successes and an advantage. I misread that. Um, so that's enough for Tiener to deal a hell of a lot of damage. Uh, 14 damage minus their soak... Uh, which, if I do my math correctly, results in the remaining clones falling down dead. Because that's four, so that's two instances of seven damage is fourteen minus the five soak is nine damage. They had nine wounds left on the entire minion squad, so that is that's the squad. That is the squad. But how many banana on the minion squad? Uh, one bunch of mighty bananas. Um. <laughs> Did you just leave the call? Um, You know who I was thinking about recently? This is a complete aside and totally unrelated to anything else. Um, I was thinking about Kronksor again recently. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, like, how could you not, right? Uh, So I think with that, the two of you are currently out of initiative. And Tina runs straight for the wall of debris as soon as the two of you are done fighting the clone squad stopping barely shortly enough to pick up a couple of frag grenades and tina arms all of those sticks them on the wall and then shoves you back around the corner i'm just kind of like i feel like tina's operating on he's operating at clone speeds and he's operating at clone speeds and on like fallback like like kind of almost autopilot like he's just doing what he's trained to do Mm -hmm. and i'm just kind of like getting pushed in every direction it feels like you're kind of being overwhelmed by a tide of things that are necessary happening like tina's operating on autopilot and like he's barely communicating what he's doing he's just like put something in my hand like 
puts the explosives in the wall, grabs the detonator from me, and then like yeah, um, shoves me around the corner quick, kind of thing. Emma, uh, what's your ranged heavy? Like the skill? Yeah, three green. What's your ranged light? Two green and a yellow. Tina hands you a DC fifteen. I'll send you the stat block in a second. Okay. Is that a heavy or a light? Heavy. Well. You don't have to use it, but it's better to have yeah. a stronger gun in this situation. Um, Tiener, um hands me the gun, hands me the DC-15, and I, I'm like, it's not about the size, it's how you use it. Right, right, I know. Focus on the mission. We both know that that's not true. <laughs> and more importantly, we have much more important things to handle. Mm-hmm. Get back behind this wall, there's about to be an explosion. SD, you and Reba and Kippen are all tangled up in this sweaty, oily mess of a fight. A lot of, I think like all three of you are in really, really, really bad shape. Oh, absolutely. Like remarkably bad shape when a concussive burst explodes out from towards your, let's say your right side, you feel the air pressure and everything like that far more than you hear it because your your ear implant has been sort of broken nonstop for the last couple of missions just because yeah that thing it that keeps, thing really it keeps, keeps getting taking broken. a beating so yeah you feel the heat you feel the pressure you feel little bits of little bits and pieces of wall i think probably a superficial but noticeable piece of shrapnel gives you like a cool eye scar you don't lose your eye by any stretch but you do now look a little bit hotter because of your cool eye scar um hell yeah like it's like it gives you the cut eyebrow look but you know instead of being appropriative it's a physical injury no damage from this just we can discuss this later i did not realize that was appropriated from another culture it's like very specifically a um latino thing that got adopted the yeah the slit eyebrow yeah no i mean i i am not doubting that i just uh that's not something i had known yeah that that no it's thank you uh, one of those things that you you pick up somewhere and this happens to be your somewhere in Um, the middle of a podcast yeah and now you picked it up too listeners Uh, regardless um a concussive blast heat explosion heat and there's no more wall next to you the artificial wall the lame-is barricade that you pulled down (laughs) is no more and it is technically your turn because reba has to go last reba just went the best kind of your turn it's a rules enforced your turn i will give you a chance to look around specifically because you know that's your situation has changed so can I have you roll an average perception? Um, yeah. Um, add a black die because you do have a little bit of blood in your eyes. A crimson mask, if you will. Blood and oil. Oh, God. God is my witness. He's broken in half. Sorry, Buy my I'm, barbecue I, sauce. For, I forgot the difficulty you gave me. <laughs> average. As a failure and a threat. You, I think, wheel around to get ready to face more clones because you are expecting a number of enemies to have come through that barricade. It is to your relief that you see Keel 
and you see the armor of a member of Gold Squad with the... I mean, it's Arc Trooper armor, so you know it's Teener. He's got different armor from the rest of them. And Keel looks like he's not being attacked by Teener. That's a good thing. Um, But I think that distraction is going to be enough for what amounts to, like, an attack of opportunity, but that's not a mechanical thing in this system. So just an out-of-turn incidental attack. Yeah. You have one armor. That. That is two advantages and two failures. Kippen swings wildly at you. It's full of every ounce of fury and rage and hatred that a clone can muster for a Jedi, despite the fact that you are not a Jedi. And it fully and completely misses you. Because he's literally just operating on anger right now. And that doesn't make him a good strategic fighter. But you can hear heavy breathing coming through the the bit-crushed sound of the clone trooper helmet that he is wearing. And you can see his one arm hanging sort of limply at his side. It's your tr- it's your turn. You get to pick what you want to do. <sighs> does Keel see all- does Keel seem all right? Um, he looks like he's been shot, but that I'm not like close to death. Yeah, he's like he 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 looks like he's been shot. You see like the plasma burns of a blaster shot that clearly hit him in a non-vital spot. Um, Teener looks pretty much unscathed. Um, I think seeing him broken there and seeing him and seeing Keel safe, well, circumstances safe, all things considered. Circumstantially safe, yeah. Yeah. Um, and seeing that Teener seems okay. I'm, yeah, I'm pinning him to the floor. I'm looking up at, at Teener. I'll kill him right now. He's your brother. So I figure, um, he shot Reba. Uh, I don't, uh, actually, you know what? You do have to roll to try to pin him. Oh, I suppose. Um, actually, fuck that. I think he's just kind of given up after missing. I mean, two more people showed up, so. He, yeah, he's like, it's, it's, he saw that Keel and Tina have showed up. He can tell that Tina is not on his side. And I think after that last final swing, he's just kind of kneeling there. Like, can't believe he lost to a degree. And I think pinning him down is not something that you have to roll for. I think it can just happen. Um, I don't... He hurt Reba. And he looks like he tried to kill you. And he took yeah, but, I the mean, whole ship against us. Kind of all knew that was coming. Um, I mean, believe me. When I say I will kill him right now, I, I, know I am doing serious. this because you are brothers. I am trying to be the better person right now. Let me handle this, then. Keener is going to walk up to Kippen, and you see a very quick switch to stun setting. From more or less point blank. That is two successes and three advantages. Two successes is more than enough to get through all of the soak and put Kippen down to zero wounds. So Kippen is out of combat and stunned. Completely knocked out. I know it's exactly the same thing as killing him directly, but I don't think any of us can be directly responsible for this. Kippen made his bed. He'll take a nap. He'll lie in it. And then when we blow up the ship, that'll have to be enough. If he can get off, 
more power to him, but this was his choice. This was what he wanted, and we have a ship to get back to. All right. Are you able to walk? I'll make it. Is Reba okay? She'll she'll make it. (laughs) Everyone briefly understands Droid for a moment, (laughs) and Reba says, I'm made of tougher stuff than that. Get the criff off this ship. Where's Plax? I think she went down to the super laser. Uh, we can try to call her on com. And then a call comes in from Plex. Bleep, 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 bleep. Pick up. Captain. Is everyone alive? Actually, surprisingly, yes. Define alive. I mean, there's a couple of... Breathing. Sentient. Not being left on the ship. I mean... Well, Kippen. Yes. I'm Kippen's not as, part as of the yes. crew anymore. Okay. Remember he quit? Um... Okay, yeah. We've got, like, eight minutes now to get back to the Orum and get out of here. Okay. Let's start running. Run very fast if you can, yes. Ain't gonna be running. Uh, Don't worry with the bomb, though. That's remote. Okay. But I'll move as quick as I can. Uh, Yeah, we're gonna have a, a distraction to get out of here. That sounds interesting. We'll ask the questions on the ship. For broader context, I have two, like... Two wounds left. Two wounds left. Kippen uh, Kippen had the exact same amount of wounds left. (laughs) Jesus. Very good fight. Um, Tiener, you got any of those stim packs left? I carry stims with me all the time. Uh, SD? You've just been stimmed. You get five hit points back. You were going to do that in the character voice. SD, you just got stimmed. You get five. Get stimmed, idiot. You get five <laughs> hit points back. Chris, you. It's like getting iced. Like I lift up the toilet and there's a stim. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're back to seven and in a more tolerable state. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I don't think we need to have you run through the hallways by any stretch of the imagination. It's like a I mean, montage. Like- we can just do the cut. Yeah, there's there's a it's um so you know when you're approaching the episode the end of an episode of twenty four. Yeah, we get we get that and you get dun, like the all of the different perspectives coming in on their own single camera on their own camera in like a composite shot. It's basically like that with all of you running back to the Aurum. And in fact, the different camera shots unite when Plex, you come across SD, Keel, and Tiener, and Reba, all of whom look a little bit, well, everyone except Tiener looks a little bit beat up. A lot of it beat up, actually. You still look like a clone. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably would. I don't think I switched out for safety reasons. What do you say to them as you're opening? <laughs> It's like one of those Twitter threads for incels. Uh, You see three adult men running towards you in the halls of a Star Destroyer. How do you open? Are we missing anybody? You see the rest of you, the three of you, the four of you, see a a standard-looking clone, (laughs) and then hear Plex's voice coming through the buckets. Yeah. Um, well, I think everyone who's coming, unless, um, BT's somewhere out there. 
getting on the comm. BT, are you on the ship? Um, you don't get a response. And in our little 24 montage, a final camera shot comes in, and it's Jack and Orange, both of whom are on the ship with guns trained on BT. BT, anything? We, uh, we switch over to their perspective briefly, and we hear through the comm, BT, anything? Tell her you're fine. Tell her to come back to the ship. Everything is fine here. We just need you back on the ship. I'm going to kill the communicator. PT's taken hostage. <laughs> How did you get that from that? Like, I can never tell if he's being sarcastic. Being that was not just sarcastic. Like, that was too completely serious. I... I don't know how you can understand that from him, but I mean, the, you say the, he's held hostage. Oh, he, whatever. He did sound particularly normal and excited to have us back on the ship, which is right, not but, what BT sounds like. But he didn't sound excited. He sounded more excited than usual. I think there's like there's like a weird degree to him. The Griffin ship. Keep your guard up. It's not gonna hurt us anyway. Right. Um. Orange and Jick are still unaccounted for. And they probably still have communicators. Probably. So there's a chance they a heard feeling a the lot ones. of stuff. What if we sit on comms? Well, that we're going back to the ship, that uh, Kippen's down, that Reba's been shot. <gasps> We've said enough. I mean, I suppose they're probably back on the ship. Yeah. So we have no choice but to go back. Uh, is there any way we can get the drop on them? They're with BT. They're probably in the cargo hold. Um, I've been listening to music all day. We go buckets off. If I can if create, I can, we can have Reba create feedback in the helmets, and if, uh, that could serve as a distraction or something. If they're in the cargo hold, Keel, we can set up a remote. We can just turn on the tidy, get the show floor going. That's the floor. The floor model. <laughs> Shit. Floor show. <laughs> I don't know why that's my brain. I thought you were like referring to like a specific demonstration you had programmed in. Yeah, that's true. Uh does okay, who who actually speaks do any of you speak droid? I mean SD does. SD does. So just to be perfectly clear, in this one instance, I'm not going to rely on your intuitive translation of Reba. Okay. Reba is suggesting venting them into space. Or that would be the most efficient. Oh, wait, no, you haven't said it. Sorry. <laughs> That's a good point. I kind of forgot we're not dry docked here. We're linked. Hmm. Reba. If we get if we get to the docking office, you can probably pop the cargo bay doors, right? And I mean, BT, that's not going to do anything to him. I mean... In 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 English, for again, for clarity's sake, because it is a point where we need to be actually yeah, clear. It's fair. Uh, yeah. Reba says, if I can get to the... If I can get to a scomp port on the ship, I can release the docking clamps and open the cargo bay just like that. All right. Umbilical. That's the word I was looking for. The tube you walk through. Bubble. So I think you guys do make your way back to the ship. There is specifically really just the one entrance, right? Because of the umbilical. And as you get through that airlock and onto the ship, I think you sort of come out near the mess. And waiting for you there is 
one gold squad clone by the name of Jack. He has his blaster trained on, basically on the door. Tina, how do I know I can trust you? I mean, how do I know I can trust you, Jack? Are you following Kippen's orders? No, Kippen quit, and also I outranked him at the time he quit, so I don't have to follow his orders. Jack reaches, takes off his bucket. (sighs) Okay, yeah, so I don't know what the criff any of that was, but uh, looks like Orange has taken BT hostage, and they're in the cargo bay. I do you... I mean, we could just stun him. Can I roll a... What would it be to pick up on deception? This, that would be discipline. You're going to be rolling a... Um, discipline is... Um, deception is based on cunning. So this will be average. And all of you can feel free to roll that. Uh, one success, one advantage. Um, two successes, one threat. That's one Emma, I'm actually are you going? That. Are you checking to see if Jack is deceiving you? There's already been a bunch of successes. I don't think he'll knows Jack well enough to even attempt it. Okay, that's fair. Um. Okay, so Plex and SD, with your successes, you get the impression that for whatever reason, maybe that reason being a sort of well-instilled and well-drilled respect for the chain of command, Jack seems to be telling the truth. Thank the whales. I'm not sure I could do without those sandwiches. So what happened was for peeling back the curtain a little bit here, like a fruit roll-up, peeling it off of the disgusting fruit roll-up plastic, (laughs) uh, they all had to roll daunting discipline checks to resist the influence of their control chip. And Jack is the only one who rolled any successes. It's that gambling addiction. Hell yeah. yeah. Wow. I made I made the best trooper. Uh, now, interestingly enough, I do have a different sandwich recipe. Been meaning to try it out. It's um Jack, you can tell me all about it later. We're gonna have right. to um We've got yeah, a boogie. Take care of this. How do we wanna handle orange? I think Reba said she had an idea. Well Does anyone S- care to trance? SD <laughs> Reba said, yeah, I was going to vent him into space. I don't think that really got translated to the rest of the group. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're going to use the same plan we ever was. Same as it ever was. You know it's not the same as it was. Well, let the dice go, boy. <sighs> this is um, not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful ship. <laughs> my God, what have I done? You two can meme later. We have to get back on the ship. You're already on the ship. We have to get Orange off the ship. I thought we were in the umbilical still. Uh, no. That said, Reba is going to roll that um, mechanics check. to, Or I guess this would be a um, specifically s- computers. Okay. Two advantages, one success. So Reba hooked up to a scomp link, and after just a few seconds, you hear the docking the docking clamps release. You feel the ship start to float in midair, midair space. Basically, the ship starts is no longer attached to the big, massive source of gravity that is a star destroyer. But 
a Star Destroyer is also a big, massive force of gravity. And you're kind of just floating there in space? Ship is off. Keel's gonna make his way to the cockpit. You, uh, you, you got a place for us to go? Keel, what are you doing? Are, are we not leaving? Is the ship not about to... Is the ship that we just left not about to explode? Well, yes, but only the crew should be in the cockpit. Okay, well, Criff off. I've heard that a lot Not the time for a bit. Not the time for a bit. If I'm going to the cockpit, if you want to make me part of the crew, that's your prerogative. But I'm I'm sitting down in my chair with my drinks and my calf. You can criff off. I'm getting told to criff off so much today. Okay. Kiel, welcome to the team. Start warming up the engines, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, is there anyone out there yet? Like? Like in space, coming towards us. Like spacecraft? Yes. I'm on my way to the cockpit. I don't have a readout yet. I will let you know. God, like, we don't have, te- like, teleporting isn't a thing. Probably Give them a minute, sir. Um, do we want to engage? This is what happens when you leave the crew for <laughs> three... Keel, your comms are still open. I know. <laughs> Can still feedback him? How do we want to handle the orange situation? <sighs> if the bays are opening... Cargo bay is still closed. Well, Reba's working on that, I thought. Bubble. Okay. Bubble, bubble, bubble. SD, if SD. you're here to translate, Reba says, you gotta give the order, I'm not doing it. Oh, I... I'm... Sorry, I must not have said that out loud, just in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> when Keel runs for the cockpit, I run for the engine room. Reba says that uh, she's not going to engage until you give the order specifically. I've Spoke dro- droid this whole time, by the way. Just, you know. That, that would have been very useful to know. You know. <sighs> I'm sorry. It was a hidden talent. You know, clones knowing droid isn't exactly the most popular hobby. Tina, you're full of surprises and it's been the most annoying part of our journey together. I think you should probably pay me more, sir. Do you think I can pay any of you right now? Anyway, anyway. SD, are you in place yet? Uh, yep. Getting her spun up now. Um... God, I honestly, wow, I forgot what a bad shape she was in. Okay, Keel, are you in place yet? I have, I'm sitting down in my chair. I've got to get it back into position since somebody else has been flying this thing for the last month. Yeah, that's your boyfriend. Shut up already. Stuart. (laughs) No, we have not had Stuart. (laughs) Okay, do you have a visual on anyone coming into this system yet, Keel? Nobody on scanners. There is nobody on scanners. Uh, But you do hear... The delightful and ever so welcome sound of metal crunching into metal. Criff, 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 criff. Um, and you are taking, the Orem is taking 10 hull trauma. What? From what? From crashing into the Star Destroyer. 10 hull trauma? Yep. How? Crunch <laughs> no. into a bigger object what's with the, a gravitational pull. What's the hull? 40. Oh, that's nothing. <sighs> it's not nothing. <laughs> Um, so no engines are out or anything like that, but your port side aft stabilizer, basically, you know how Sainz's front wing fell off? It's that, but with your aft stabilizer instead of a front wing. So one of those is broken off entirely because you did uh, detach the umbilical. Reba, give me a heads up before you do this next time. Hello. Okay. Engines on. Open the bay door. Get orange out of here. And get us stabilized, please. Reaper opens the opens the hatch 
on the cargo bay, and it suddenly, not you know, not suddenly, but the ship decompresses. The sh- yeah, like the like cargo the bay decompresses. The ship, like, and in sh- fact, because the ship is just floating there, that decompression actually propels you back away from the star destroyer. <laughs> The ship violently shakes as we, as the cargo bay decompresses. You get a calm message from BT. Yes. Please don't leave me here. You have your mag boots engaged? How was I supposed to know you would vent the cargo bay? It's Reba. BT, where are you? Space. Criff. <laughs> Some would call it the final frontier. It's okay. Can you swim back? You can just, I'll... <laughs> I was actually enjoying the vast emptiness. Yes, yes, poetic void and all that, whatever. Transmit your coordinates. Fine. It's like it's like seven right feet from your current position. <laughs> yeah, Keel, just um, <laughs> just take us. Uh, the engines are ten meters in. to the. Yeah, just use the maneuvering jets. Um, ten meters. Actually, to so, the... so what what actually happens here is that Reba goes out the airlock mags herself down into the airlock and <laughs> shoots a cable out to BT. Okay, that was dramatic. Will all, all droids please get back on the ship? It is at this point that a Star Destroyer does, in fact, open fire on you. You guys are currently at speed zero, but you are shields powered up. You are um, engines are on everything like that. You just have to sort of escape these Star Destroyers. Yeah, I'm just gonna fucking quote-unquote punch it. <laughs> Keo, please get us moving. I'm on it. The engines are... The engines... We're coming in from cold here. Yeah, so you go from full stop up to speed two. That's what you're capable of doing in this instant. We've got maneuvering at least. Everybody hold on. So you are going to take fire from a heavy turbo laser battery. That sounds bad. So that is one success and two... Th- uh, armor three. The Aurum is going to take eight damage. It. Uh, we're not. We're not going to be able to take this. You need to get us out of here. Working on it. Uh, Captain, is there any reason we haven't pulled the trigger on blowing up the ship yet? I was literally about to ask you if we're far enough away that it won't kill us. <laughs> we're far enough away that I can outrun it. We just okay, have to great. go 88 miles an hour and we can outrun the landmines. Crip's sake. Explosion now. Hit the detonator. Um, yeah, so the Star Destroyer that you are on, the Avenger, Moff Cassius's flagship, home to a significant number of clones, including two of yours, is very abruptly and very suddenly engulfed in the kind of explosion that produces a shockwave. It's like a bright blue sort of explosion as though like 150 lightsabers just blew up (laughs) good description and the shockwave as the explosion is contained in a perfect sphere propels you guys forward at um your speed goes up to like eight from this thing and without that dorsal stabilizer or without that aft stabilizer you also kind of go spinning um, like you're kind of frisbeeing through the Mintuin system at the moment. It's fine. It's fine. We'll be fine. Uh, I mean, spinning's a good maneuver. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Uh, can Plex get on the calm? Um, yeah. 
inertial dampeners do a decent job, but boy howdy, do you feel sick to your stomach. It's like you've been on the most aggressive tilt-a-whirl in the world. Yeah, uh, could I get plugs on the comm here? <laughs> yeah. And try to call Sabine Wren? <laughs> yeah, you make that same call. You call back the number that just call- most recently called you. Yep, yep. Just going through the phone bank. Yeah, Plex. How far out are you? It is at that moment that you see a entire battle group worth of New Republic forces come out of hyperspace. Like, phew, 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 phew. There is a Star Destroyer, actually, at the head of the group. Not an Imperial One-class Star Destroyer, so not quite the massive thing that you've been fighting for of, but a pretty substantial-looking one. Specifically, it is an Acclimator-class, so it's a reclaimed Star Destroyer from uh, back during the Clone Wars, but that's neither here nor there. That's for the Star Wars ship nerds to be excited about. I am the Star Wars ship nerds. And you get, through that open comm channel, um, a trans- the transmission from Sabine Wren saying, Pharma Battle Group. Ready for action. Did you say pharma? Pharma. Oh. <laughs> this is Pfizer 1 checking in. <laughs> <laughs> Moderna 1, we're ready. <sighs> J&J Squadron reporting for duty. Novo Nora disc. Can't see through my windshield. It's so full of insulin money. Prove <laughs> the aura. we're done. This is how we're getting out of here. Meet the new republic. You called the New Republic. Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of choices. Uh, Keel, do you have control of the ship? I've got control. We're, well, I mean, aside from the, the spin that we're in, we're, we're good. Okay, plot a course to get us the crew out of here. Already done. Actually, you do have to roll astrogation. Well, I've already... I'm just saying it. I don't have to have actually done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> a very Keel maneuver. Uh... Okay, so yeah, um, feel free to roll a easy astrogation. A success with two advantages. Okay, um, you have a course plotted, and you have the con, Mr. Krennic. I already had the con, and I, I, I punch it. Who did, Was that narrator voice? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody hang on, and I punch it. And as the ship zips off into hyperspace, the credits begin to roll. Like it, it zips off into hyperspace with a, like a. Mm-hmm. You guys managed to save the day. Or at least our own ass. died back. BT died on the way back to his home planet. No. Uh, no. BT was dragging along, but basically held on by like a. <laughs> microfiber cable that Reba had launched out to him. He's flapping in the wind through hyperspace and he eventually pulls himself back in. I did say all droids back on the ship. <laughs> um, So I think we cut ahead six months. 100 years. Uh, no, it is six months in the future. You can tell that because um, SD now has a beard um, and Tina has let his hair grow out a little bit. Is it very stylish and good looking on him? It's, it's, it, he, he went from fully shaved head to like, you know, a, an inch and a half of hair. So it's not like he has long hair. It's just 
a decent amount of hair growth. Um, he looks he's warmer, good. but he doesn't have flow. Yeah, he's not quite at the stage of like a trig V. <laughs> uh, Plex, what does six months in the future look like for you? Uh, I assume Plex was put on trial for crimes against the New Republic. Um, so. <laughs> I mean, you might get it pardoned for blowing up the uh, the giant laser Death Star spaceship. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you, Plex, you technically were never an employee of the Empire at any point. So you don't have to go through the amnesty program. <laughs> okay. Uh, none um, of you do, actually. It's a very... Months- Sorry, it's very particular parts of the regulation where the amnesty program only applies to specifically former Imperial officers, and you are not Imperial at any point. You've always been Corpo. I think six months looks like just very awkward, new, uh, getting used to the new setting that is complete opposite of corporate Imperial. Uh... I think maybe a first couple of weeks felt like that. Okay. But after six months, you've realized that this is not all that different. Oh, good. There's still penal colonies where people are forced to work. You know, there's still various factions fighting for control and squabbling for power. It's just a little bit more democratic about it. (laughs) And despite the fact that you now work for the... Barma Battle Group under General Sindula, you do have to pay for your own health care. <laughs> but there is health care. You work for the military, but you've got to figure out a way to purchase your specific health insurance on one of the planetary exchanges, thanks to Organa Care. <laughs> but yeah, you've got a life actually is not all that different for you. All things considered, I think your office maybe probably looks exactly the same. <laughs> yes, in fact. <laughs> yep. Um, but I think that uh, uh, is Plex still the captain of the Orum? Is the Orum still going? I think. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Did the crew kick me out after calling the New Republic on them? <laughs> um. No. No, I don't think they would have. But the question is, um, would you have taken? a new assignment for, like, a desk job where your skills can be better put to use. Maybe for, like, a few months, and then realizing how soul-crushingly boring it is by comparison, try to get back in contact. Okay. Um. So during that period where Plex has retired from active duty on the Aurum, I think for our second part of this six months later flashback, Flash for it's all a flashback because it happened in the past a long time ago, etc. Um, in this flash forward, this epilogue, um, the cockpit on the Orum has been expanded a little bit where it can now actually seat most of the crew. And in a New Republic captain's uniform is Tiner, who is taken over as captain of the Orum, which is now part of the New Republic Navy. And Keel is at the con still. It's just the two of you on the bridge hanging out at the moment. So I have a transfer request. Oh. Uh, yeah, there's a young officer who has decided she would like to serve on the Orum with us. Uh, you may have heard of her. Her name is Plex Schlutzel. <laughs> uh, 
Wait, is she gonna be? Hmm. She she gonna be the captain again? Or I'm not giving up this job. Hey, good. As long as I don't know. I, as long as I don't have to take orders from her again. Uh, you may have to. Why? Um, Plex is coming aboard as my first officer. Son of a. We cut to a few hours later. Everyone has their dress uniforms on, and it is conspicuous that SD is no longer a member of the crew. In fact, the new engineer for the Aurum is Prash, who also defected, because <laughs> as it turns out, he was really only working for Sinar because he had a crush on Keel. <laughs> and now that Keel's part of the New Republic, Prash joined up to try to get in on the action. He's still kind of a scumbag, though. Yeah. And Captain Tiener, uh, who doesn't have a surname because none of the clones have surnames, unless... Unless... Do Keel and Tiener get married in... Not in the six months prior. <laughs> Keel needs a proper courting time. Not not in the six months okay. following. Uh, Commander Schlutzel, welcome aboard the Aurum. If you'd like, I can show you to your quarters. That would be great. It all feels very familiar in here still. Well, we haven't changed terribly much. Uh, it's good to have you back on board, Miss Schlutzel. It, it's good to be here, sir. It's correct. <laughs> Did you take my quarters? That's correct. Griff. Don't worry, you still have private quarters. You're just in the first officer's quarters. Who was in there before? No one. Did you ever use that for anything? I mean, there was... Some paper mache. You didn't really have much of a chain of command on. No. Under your captaincy, uh, that that's changed significantly. That, I think that's probably the most significant change is that everyone actually has a rank now. Huh. Look, it could oh, be worse. I thought there. Sorry. I could have busted you down to instant for insubordination. We'll leave that option open. But then you would have to take orders from Keel. Don't leave that option open. I don't want to give orders, so don't don't make me do that. I swear this crew is already dysfunctional again. That's my charm. Okay, here's the important part. We have shore leave scheduled, and we're due on Coruscant in eight hours. Unless you don't want SD on Coruscant, where might SD be otherwise? Okay, does I mean, SD... damn it, there's a siren. That's okay. But, I mean, we can just talk. Um... Yeah, SD doesn't strike I mean, me as someone who would be uh, who would retire to what? Coruscant. I mean, who's an active Jedi in this era? Who's training him? Like he's yeah. he's a fucking Padawan. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, the active Jedi in this period is actually just Luke, Ezra Miller. Uh, <laughs> Ezra Miller. Damn it! No. <laughs> Why? Brain. Ezra Bridger? <laughs> yes. Ezra Bridger, uh, according to the timeline, is still missing. Oh, okay. Uh, you would likely be with one of either Luke or Ahsoka. Well, Both of um, them were on that one planet in Book of Boba Fett. Right. So I guess that's where I'm heading. I gotta figure that out now. Sorry. No, it's, it's, it's fine. I just gotta figure out what planet they're on you know if it's even named um yeah i think um you arrive at this lush foresty planet or i guess it's more of like a rocky plains but whatever it is a planet that looks absolutely nothing 
like Burnaby, BC. Uh, again, something I don't understand, but... Um, if you've watched any episode of Supernatural or any episode of anything filmed in Vancouver that they have to do in the forest, it's probably filmed in Burnaby. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the Pacific Northwest sort of rainforest kind of a vibe. Right. Um, and I think you are probably there in some... I, I don't think SD takes two Jedi robes at any point, do you? Yeah, so I think SD no, I is... No, I think he's still got, he's still got a, um, a flight suit tied off at the waist. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you are sort of sitting there floating while you meditate, and it seems like your Jedi training's going okay. I, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, what sting I could put on it, but really it's just... I think there's a... I think there's, like, the camera shows my meditation, and... There's like a deep sigh mm-hmm. that's sort of remorseful and bo- I and and SD bobbles and then just gets right back to it. Uh, as you settle back into it, your ears perk up because you do hear the sound of a ship landing, which is very infrequent. You know, you get like monthly supplies delivered, but that's not due for another two weeks or so. And you open your eyes for a brief moment to catch a glimpse of the Aurum landing in the landing port that you have set up at the new Jedi Temple. And I think for the first time in a long time, we probably see SD smile because his friends are visiting. So yeah, I think I'm, SD is meditating. He bobbles a little bit as he kind of has this twinge on his face. And then as we hear the ship come in, his eyes don't even open. Mm -hmm. But like, Searum pretty much rebuilt those engines from like, there's no mistaking it. Like, and and yeah, there's a there's a smile. Chicks with Dice is a production of So Says Media. To support the work we do, visit patreon.com slash so says media. The Star Wars RPG is published by Edge Studios. Remember, the best way to help the show is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, and to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is the number one way a podcast gains new listeners and in a close second are five-star reviews. The theme song for The Same Coin was written and performed by Chris Postel of Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com to hear more of Chris's work. For all other music and sound effects, see liner notes for details. This episode features Aaron Cotter as Plex. Aaron uses they-them pronouns. 40 Under 40 gay luminary Erica Rebecca Belsas played Space Dumpster. Erica uses any-all pronouns. Emma Hislop played Keoprenic. Emma uses shrug emoji pronouns, which function like any all pronouns. It also featured me, Kathleen Hislop. I use it, its, and she, her pronouns. Until next time, stay wizard. post-credit scene we roll back all the way six months ago to right before the explosion of the avenger there are two clones outside of a fresher one says to the other 
she's really been taking a long time in there. Do you think she fell in or something? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, she's probably just got a, you know, number two. You know how long that could take. Uh, yeah, I suppose. It's just, it's been a while and I'm not sure. I mean, there was the other person who came out, but... And then the ship explodes. 